This is the Swamp Scott Library's Librarians by the Sea podcast, where we share our love of a good book with you. I'm your host, Caroline Margolis. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the Librarians by the Sea podcast. I have Gabby Womack here, who is a librarian and archivist, and she has her website where she reviews books called The Bookish Afro-Latina. Hi, Gabby. Hi. Thanks for having me. Thanks for being here. So Gabby and I have read the Brown Sister series by Talia Hibbert, and we both really like them a lot. Just get started. We'll talk about Talia Hibbert a little bit. I'm going to start off with reading her her intro for her, her summary of herself on the back of all her books, which I think is the best <laughs> author intro I have ever read. Uh, Talia Hibbert is a Black British author who lives in a bedroom full of books. Supposedly, there is a world beyond that room, but she has yet to drum up enough and drum up enough interest to investigate writes sexy, diverse romance because she believes that people of marginalized identities need honest and positive representation. Her interests include beauty, junk food, and unnecessary sarcasm. <laughs> Very accurate of her in each of her books so far. I think so too. And these books, for people who have not read them yet, uh, warning, are uh, quite steamy. There's a yes, lot of, yes. yeah, so maybe not, maybe a little little hard PG-13 R rating we were to give one out. <laughs> <laughs> on, on a level of spice from like one to three, I would put this at a, a two. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're decently spicy. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so what the intro doesn't say, though, is that Talia Hibbert, um, much like her characters, also, spoiler alert. <laughs> so if you have not read the books, turn off this podcast and go read them because they're really good. <laughs> <laughs> uh spoiler alert so much like her characters talia hibbert is autistic and she has fibromyalgia like chloe mm -hmm. and uh, uh, she's also um she has uh, changed her pronouns they are she they now um oh, so she okay. goes by both of those um i just saw that recently on her i follow her on instagram okay <laughs> Ooh, thank you for telling me Oh, she relates the most to Chloe, which yes, yes, yeah. Why do you? Which one do you? Which sister do you feel like you relate to the most? I feel like I'm kind of a mixture of all three, and I know that's like a cop out, but it's just it's lit it's literal. Just like Chloe, I do have a uh, chronic illness. I have endometriosis, so that's something that most people can't see generally, and it takes a long time to get um, to get a diagnosis for that. It's a whole long thing and similar to Danny I'm very academic and very post-it notey and whatnot I, I'm all about organization and, and anything that can help me with that and the anxiety comes when I don't do it <laughs> and then uh with Eve my connection is the, the music situation but also I don't know what, what to call it it's not spoiled it's more like um I'm a cinnamon roll I guess you could say is what a lot of people would describe me as I am very cute and sweet and everything but if you hurt me I will cut you <laughs> Eve is yeah. pink is peak cinnamon roll but Eve you know those yes. those meme charts where it's like looks like a cinnamon roll but what could actually kill you that is yes Eve. yes yeah and I feel like that embodies me mm -hmm. <laughs> so that's why I'm I, I feel like I'm all three of them but 
yeah, I can't, I can't just pick one. I've really tried. And uh, even when Talia posed this question on her Instagram, I said, I cannot choose just one, <laughs> but all. <laughs> I feel like that too. I feel like I relate the most to Chloe in just wanting to be a homebody, even though she kind of chooses to be just to deal with her illness. But I think Loki, she is very homebody in her personality, <laughs> which I relate to. And then um, I definitely have a lot of Danny's like social anxiety and a little bit of imposter syndrome. Mm-hmm. I relate so to relatable. Mm-hmm. It's like, why would I try when I could possibly fail and embarrass myself? Uh, yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But it's always good to push on. Yeah, yeah, Mm -hmm. I try. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I just love, I guess just to jump in to Chloe, the thing that surprised me most about the books was how much I reacted to basic human kindness Mm -hmm. in this series. (laughs) Like, just the way that Red treats her is just exactly how a person should be treated in general. And I was just so yeah. impressed with that. And I think the theme that I read that I had reading all the books was uh, just how low my bar was set. I don't know if you experienced that as well. Yeah, but when I read the first book, um, I was kind of surprised because I didn't actually like romance books for a while there. I got started on Alyssa Cole's books for a little, but once I got to Talia Hibbert, I realized what I'd been missing um, when it came to romance was that I was looking for something that was similar to my own relationship that I had finally gotten into a relationship that was healthy and not um, so, you know, a lot of romances have like toxicity involved. There's like weird dynamics and power struggles and such. Whereas these are more just person meets person. One person might be grumpy. Other person might be more willing to, you know, be patient with them. That was surprising that I would be so head over heels just because someone was patient. How sad (laughs) for me to be excited about a patient partner. (laughs) I know. I was just reading these and just like in awe of Red. And I was like, Red is the kindest, nicest person on earth. And then I stopped and I thought about it for a few minutes. I'm like, wait. Red is just treating her with basic human dignity. Mm. He's just and a decent guy. What are you going to do? He's a decent guy. And it's just, I think it's just so, it just made me really start to think about how little we expect from other people. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I think that what he was doing just really wasn't that big a deal. But just we live in a world where A, the media and like all of like the books and the shows a lot of time have this power dynamic, but here it just didn't exist and it felt very refreshing. Right, right. I think that the only time that there was any conversation about a power dynamic was in Red's reflection of a past relationship that he had. Yeah. You know, his, his struggle with his own self-worth is specifically rooted in classism and having somebody who was kind of using him like a trophy so you know it shows what a relationship looked like for him that was unhealthy and then it showed him trying to adjust to a healthy relationship and I think that's something that's really different about Talia Hibbert's books is that she never actually has her characters see each other as their therapists you know, they're not using each other as a response to trauma. They, <laughs> they acknowledge that they both have trauma. 
take a step away and take care of themselves as well. And in all three of these books, really, they have those moments where each of these characters realize, okay, I have an issue with myself or within myself. They have therapists to be their therapists. Yes, yes. Which is a whole new world for me Mm -hmm. (laughs) when it comes to romance. And I think that was part of the reason why I didn't like romance before. Uh, was because it was a situation most of the time where both people would have an issue with um, communicating and that drives me nuts I cannot stand when the whole premise of a book is people miscommunicating and then they never actually resolve that problem and they just get together and they're like okay we did it happily ever after and I'm like "Mm, this is a setup for so many fights (laughs) I want to read you guys in like 10 years and see where you're at exactly and then this one I'm like okay I want to read how happy they are after and like how they handle their everyday lives I'd be just perfectly fine with a really really long epilogue for all of these (laughs) (laughs) all of these books Mm -hmm. yeah even oh even when red uh, has his moment where he is misunderstanding what Chloe has said and he shuts down and he has I guess like his tunnel vision mm. I guess would you say he had a panic attack uh, yeah kind of like a, he was spiraling yeah he sure, was, in, in his mind yeah and yeah even after they have this this fight where he has this moment of spiraling as soon as the door closes he's like oh he has this realization like oh my God, I know exactly what just happened. And Mm -hmm. I have to apologize to Chloe and I have to continue doing the work on my Mm -hmm. own and give her space. And that was just beautiful. Like, it's just so nice just to see not only like, I, cause I feel like either we get like one person that needs to be worked on and one perfect person. And Red was almost (laughs) that perfect person. And I think that it's just, it was just nice just like it's not nice to see somebody spiral that's terrible but it's nice to see someone <laughs> no I <laughs> nice get to you. see him like you know mess up and uh yeah, need to yeah. realize he needs to do the work because like we all we all have our issues and mess up and it's not the other person's problem to deal with it it's us to work on ourselves and maybe yeah, give yeah. that person patience and love but ultimately it's on them to do work yeah to resolve their their own problem or their own thought mm-hmm. process and and what I really like about this too is um Hibbert has a really great way of writing the inner monologues of these characters it's usually funny very relatable and also you know it, it shows those intrusive thoughts coming in yes. you know uh, <laughs> sometimes you just can't control it so I love that part but I also love like you said when when Red realizes right away what just happened I think that it's nice to have the characters actually acknowledge that there is a problem mm-hmm. <laughs> you know that's uh, I don't I feel like that's not super common but it's nice to have them notice when their own behavior is going back to something that they remember themselves doing something destructive that they used to do or something like that so it, it was very relatable in the sense that there there are so many times where I for example, I've been in a situation where I was angry with somebody or something like that, where we had like a heated conversation and I don't want to keep saying mean things or, or like trying to punch back. And my mind's like, maybe just leave it alone, but they'll say something. And then you're like, mm, but I have to say this back, you know, mm-hmm. like, mm, it, your whole body 
is like reacting opposite of what your brain is telling you like shut up stop stop it um and I think that that's what this captures really well is that feeling of um regret after you let yourself have that moment and then you're like oh no why did I do that you know you're totally right like it's just so good to just to see something that you do in your own life and see Mm -hmm. someone doing the work and I feel like I wish I could give this book to like every like guy who's graduating from high school right now. <laughs> like, please read these yeah. books and become these men. I wish. Yeah. You know, uh, they do model um, the kind of behavior that I wish more men uh, had. And I, I don't say this to like knock men generally. Yeah. It's just that, this is also very um, heteronormative of me to say. Yeah. Yeah. And I, like, I'm not trying to say that like all men have to be like this. I'm just saying that it's nice to have reflection. Um, mm-hmm. And of course, that there are a lot of jokes on TikTok about this in our like book community where uh, folks talk about the difference between men written by men in romance or books versus men written by women in romance or books or even just femme folks or non-binary folks writing men. The men tend to be more empathetic, more patient, thoughtful, and they tend to be more generous in these books. And the, and I refuse to believe that that's like some fantasy <laughs> that there are, that there are no men like this. I, I d- highly doubt that that's the truth. But it is nice to see that, and I think that there's a trend going on now within books, especially romance books, where the men are becoming more self-reflective. And also trying to communicate clearer, which is really interesting. It's like there should be a book on the <laughs> on um, the evolution of the romance uh, of like a men in romance, I guess, or male romantic interests or something like that. Those because I'm be. starting to see I'm starting to see a change in the personality types, in the ways that they interact with people, the scenarios, everything has been changing. This is no Fifty Shades of Grey type thing. This is a completely different, <laughs> a, a, a completely different place for that yeah. uh, uh, to talk about with people. <laughs> awesome. So I also want to talk about Chloe with her struggles with fibromyalgia, because I think it's really interesting that Hibbert chose to do it, like take place, have the book take place when Chloe has had a handle on it which I think is so, I think it would be, I, I simultaneously want to like live that journey through her and like see her struggles just because I love Chloe. Mm -hmm. But I think it's so nice just to see her like living her life exactly the way, like way she wants to uh, learning how to deal with her illness. Um, She just, at the beginning of the book, she doesn't have a lot of agency, I feel like over her life and just really it jumps to I think within a couple of months of her deciding to take more agency she just does it and I feel like that's so important I feel like a lot of kids especially even people who don't struggle with illnesses especially if they have parents that sort of want them in the home it's hard to get that agency sometimes yeah to make that jump she she really is gutsy I I feel like she's a go-getter Mm -hmm. in that sense. Um, I was a little bit surprised at how quickly she had, you know, uh, fled the nest, but uh, I think she's the eldest sister, so I can understand uh, that kind of frustration of, like, your other two siblings are like, what are you doing? You know, uh, so I get Mm -hmm. that. Um, 
but I am also I'm glad that the book started where it did after she's already dealt with the fiance and and the people who were supposedly her friends because I didn't want to have to read like the whole book being about her suffering and coming to terms with her illness her chronic illness um and instead it's it's revolving around her taking control of her life and I like that a lot um however I am glad that she made mention of how people treated her when she was first trying to bring up her discomfort and her her frustrations um the fact that her friends and her fiance didn't believe that she was having this pain is fairly common I feel but it also just really upsetting that the people she would trust the most would think that she's lying so obviously they weren't real friends <laughs> at, at that point but the the fact that the doctor did it too was unsurprising to me because of like I said I've been through a similar situation of trying to prove that the pain that I'm feeling is not uh, an exaggeration that I'm not just exaggerating a regular cramp or something like that um and I felt for her a lot on that um and I know that it is partially because she's a woman that that's the situation in the first place but um I also know that it's like a double jeopardy when it comes to black women because we are known or seen as being able to handle more pain than others and so when we say anything about feeling pain it takes a long time before doctors usually or medical professionals will listen and even when they do they tend to focus more on other things to be the reason so Chloe is a thick gal <laughs> similar to me and when you're bigger and you're not someone who is the average size or so um you know BMI wise they tend to doctors tend to assume that your problem always has to do with weight loss so i can imagine how frustrating it would be for Chloe to get a a doctor to figure out what's going on with her because i imagine that a number of them probably did do all of those layers of what i was talking about you know the, the assuming that she's just making it up then assuming that the pain's not really that bad and then going to the point of being like well if you lost weight then i bet it wouldn't hurt you anymore you know so yeah. uh, not that any of those make any sense but that's that's fairly common and i think that a lot of a lot of folks would probably relate with that unfortunately mhm i even remember when serena williams had her daughter and she yeah. had blood clots before and she was telling the doctor i'm having a blood clot i know i have a blood clot and the doctor was like oh no you're fine and she had to push for mm. it and serena williams the, the most famous tennis player ever almost died because a doctor was not listening to her and you know it was 100% because a she was a woman and b because she's black and mm-hmm. doctor was being stupid and a racist yeah yeah i i was uh i was terrified honestly reading that when i saw when i saw that news yeah um and then i saw a bunch of headlines after she came forward with that you know with a lot of folks talking about their experiences with this and how common it is. So in a way, um not that Talia Hibbert is like Serena Williams in the way that she, you know, I'm not saying that her platform is just the same as Serena Williams, but I will say that um putting this in a package that is um easy to consume, um something that is enjoyable to read will make it easier for more folks to know about this issue. 
regardless of whether that's the the main focus or not it's not like you can just skim by that and think that's normal you know so Mm -hmm. um I I'm glad that she didn't shy away from the truth about the situation yeah I think that that's something that a lot of people forget when it comes to romance is that they assume that these books are all fluffy and that there's no real weight to them you know just because it's not like serious fiction you know, a serious um, literature piece. It's not Anna Karenina. You know, people think like, oh, it's just fluff and it's nothing. But these books actually have depth to each of them and each character's journey and issues that they deal with. They're all real. They're they're not just these manufactured situations. Mm-hmm. And I, I feel like she was probably writing from her own experience And all I could think of um, was the Toni Morrison quote, if there's a book you want to read but hasn't been written yet, then you must write it. And I feel like Hibbert really took that to heart. Like she, Mm. because I don't think I ever read any book before that was like a cute romance novel, but also just dealt with these these heavy subjects with such Mm. finesse. Absolutely. It was just so well executed. Like. I just was simultaneously laughing and crying while reading these books, just able just to sink into these characters that felt so real in under 400 pages. I think each one rounds out about like 350. Isn't that amazing that she can fit? I have no idea how she, like the editing is impeccable, I must say. It's so good. uh, Because it flows so perfectly. And you're right, it's like it packs a punch. Mm -hmm. for such a small book I was pretty shocked by that I mean I did read one or two other books that that have uh, a similar um, punch to it a similar depth to it but they aren't as the writing is not as funny as Mm -hmm. Talia's writing she's she's got there's something about her writing that makes me giggle to myself in an empty room Mm -hmm. just wherever I am I forget who's even there I just start laughing um because it's it's those inner monologue moments and sometimes they slip out of a character's mouth um I don't know where she comes up with these things but they're hilarious the other book that I was thinking about and actually the author wrote a quick review of this book uh Helen Huang I think I said that right um has some books uh two books she has a, a a series actually where the first one is called The Kiss Quotient, and the main character is a woman on the spectrum. And um, uh, that's that's a big part of the book, but it doesn't spend the whole time like being like, oh, woe is me. You know, it's not about that. It's about her understanding her struggle and trying to adjust with her life. But that author is known for writing things like that. And she says about this book, Get a Life, Chloe Brown, absolutely charming, a flawless balance of humor, heat, sweetness, and depth. I loved every page. How accurate is Mm -hmm. that for every single one of these? I will reread them in no time, I'm sure. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I because I I feel like I've like really burned through these lists because I did the audio books and um, which were really good. Oh, what is her name? I love that British accent. Oh, my God. It's so good. Uh, the first woman, the first, so the same woman reads the second two books, but the first woman who reads the first book is the, the aunt from Bridgerton, the Duke of Oh, Houston. I yeah. love her. I was like, I was listening to it and I, I started it and I was like, oh, this is enjoyable. 
and then I just never finished it, which is like a very neat <laughs> thing to do. It happens. It but happens. <laughs> it's Adjua Ando, Lady Danbury. Oh man, her voice. It was so good. She is so epic. I kind of want to listen to it again now. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm going to re-listen. I like to have each book on hand while I re-listen sometimes. Just every once in a while I get to a part where I get anxious about what's happening or what's going to happen or I tend to um, anticipate what I think is going to happen and whenever I get uncomfortable I try to speed along and so I have a hard time listening to the person you know reading with inflection and stuff when I just want to know what's going to happen right away so I'll pause the, the sound and then pick up the book and just read through that uncomfortable part really quick and then be like ah okay I can read the rest or listen to the rest this is fine Mm -hmm. I'm okay um hard with that secondhand embarrassment yes that's what it is um Mm -hmm. it's a discomfort in that setting um and it's also when there's a situation where like I said I have a hard time with miscommunication um so when the miscommunication is so ridiculous in some books I do have to hurry up and and skim through it because I'm frustrated Mm -hmm. uh by by how it is like you know they're gonna end up together yeah I don't it's very silly I don't know why I do that but it just makes me feel better (laughs) no it was the best awkward moment that I have ever read in my whole life it's in Eve Brown in chapter 10 when they're at the the gingerbread meeting and yes, the one yes. guy made this comment to Jacob, like the Spock comment. And Eve is like, no, right. please explain what you mean by this. And the guy I was making jokes about um, Jacob's autism. And she was having absolutely none of it. And I loved that scene. It made my heart happy. It- um, just, I wish, you know, she did exactly what I wish I could do a, mm-hmm. a lot of the time. Um, and I have heard people use that method of, um, you know, uh, diffusing a, a situation or, or somebody who is saying something, you know, it, not only inappropriate, but very offensive. I've heard someone say, could you please explain that for me? And I have heard so many people say that this is the best way to do it. But until I, yeah, yeah, I haven't practiced doing that. But until I read it in the scene, I wasn't actually sure how it would play out, kind of, you know. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So maybe I will do it now. But now that I've seen it play out a little bit, uh, and I got my my kicks after after reading that part, um, I think that I will, um, I'll I'll keep it in mind. (laughs) I think that scene is aided by the woman who's in charge of the gingerbread (laughs) gingerbread event it sounds so ridiculous when I say it does when nobody Um, if you don't know what the plot is you're not going to get it y'all yeah (laughs) so and she a is in the position of most power in that room and b she is on eve and jacob's side with it Mm -hmm. and that true I feel like that really aids that interaction because it can be nerve-wracking like yeah part of what made it work though aside from that was the fact that like Chloe doesn't know these people. <laughs> she has no, no you know, investment in it. No, she doesn't. There's something oh, about. Oh, sorry. I said Chloe. Yeah, Eve doesn't. She doesn't know these people. So of course, like she's she's not as there's there's no story between her and any of these other people. So there's no way that she'll have to deal with repercussions in that situation. However, she seems to treat most things that way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
<laughs> as if she doesn't have any repercussions, which is dangerous. <laughs> like with the doves. Yeah, that was a lot. Yeah, she's she's definitely done a few things that I would be terrified to be trying to mess around with. But right off the bat, her just walking into a bed and breakfast to <laughs> to interview without a resume and that takes wearing <laughs> yes, and wearing the just like regular cash you know, casual clothes. Very odd. Part of me was like, way to go. But the other part was kind of annoyed. <laughs> yeah. like <laughs> Because this... uh, I, I am a, uh, often overdressing. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I feel like Eve Brown definitely felt like the most hallmarky. It was definitely ballsy mm. than a Hallmark movie. I don't think Hallmark could handle autism in any no, kind of way. Not the way that they did. No. no, but it definitely premise wise, like, oh, I need to get my trust fund money back. So I'm going to go find a job at a cute little B&B. And oh, the owner oh, yeah. is really cute and enemies to friends. And so that's so true. <laughs> that's so true. That, that, yeah, enemies that to lovers, yeah. Yeah. And, and what's funny is that um, before the book came out, Talia Hibbert kept talking about it in her um, Instagram. She was talking about how she decided to add her guilty pleasure to her book, which is the enemies to lovers thing. That's one of her favorite tropes. Mm-hmm. So I can understand uh, why, why she had fun with this one. And I, uh, but I think it's because of the fact that uh, Eve is so blissfully unaware of being annoying to anyone at all. <laughs> mm. And I wish I could feel that way. I, Me too. I honestly do. Yeah. A lot of times I feel like I walk away from social interactions. I'm like, wow, I am the most awkward person on this earth. And she yeah, just doesn't yeah. have that. Yeah. I, and that's one of the things I love so much about her. And I think that's why her personality is so fun mm-hmm. um, is because she doesn't, she's not hung up on how some, what somebody's thinking about her usually. On the other hand, Danny is the opposite of that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that she is often thinking about how people are thinking about her definitely Danny poor, actually poor I feel like Danny's the kind of woman I thought about like I always wanted to grow up to be like super organized peak academic in her field like impressing her academic hero knows everything about feminism ever like, yeah I was reading it I was like oh I still want to be this person <laughs> I want to be this person. You know, mm-hmm. I feel like I'm close, but I just need to master the personality that she puts on mm-hmm. when she leaves the house. This whole like, I, I don't know, uh, this, I, I, I picture her strutting, if you know what I mean. Like <laughs> I, I picture, I picture her, you know, in her pumps or whatever shoe wear she has, uh, whatever outfit she has, I picture her serving, you know, just Pump, uh, pumping those legs walking down the hallways everybody's looking at her like oh she's got it together look at her she's mm-hmm. gorgeous wow you know and she just seems so confident though on the outside um and I just I do feel like I relate with her on the inside though of being like wow I, I don't know what I'm talking about what if they think I'm an idiot you know mm-hmm. stuff like that and I used to do that all the time when I had talks um or or presentations and things like that but at the same time I don't know what it is that makes her feel that way when on the outside clearly everyone else sees her as a boss you know (laughs) but I I guess that's pretty common for for a lot of people I just want her confidence and her friends and (laughs) and her sisters (laughs) oh I know if I could have her sisters that would be 
so fun. I know. Like I, my sister, I feel like, I don't know. We're not quite, we, my sister and I are close, but we're not like, like stop by unannounced at mm. the other sisters. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I think what really made me feel that way at first was just Chloe Brown book because they just show up at her house, you know, checking things out uh, and, and they were cooking for her. That was so sweet. I think that was Eve uh, yeah. who was cooking for her in the first book. And I, I was like, can't I have one of those? You know, I don't, I don't have any sisters. I only have a brother. So I haven't had any experience with like, you know, she's stealing my clothes or anything like that, but it would have been nice, you know, <laughs> to, to lay up on a couch. <laughs> <laughs> I wish that, of course, this is our hallmark life, of, mm-hmm. uh, you know, that we're discussing with the sisterly love and um, they, they are fighting a little bit, but for the most part, I mean, they're in a group chat you know talking about each other's love lives yeah <laughs> I think out of all the love interests my favorite person is Zaf mine um, too from Danny Brown mm-hmm. he is such a gem Zaf this former rugby right rugby mm-hmm. player he's so sensitive the fact that I know that sounds really stereotypy but the fact that he's like a this quiet romantic when on the outside he looks like he's always brooding yeah is really funny <laughs> that's hilarious to me mm-hmm. <laughs> and the little innuendos and jokes that Danny makes every time she sees him and his reaction to those is really funny to to hear that um and I just think that he had like I mean Red had a lot of personality yes mm-hmm. but Zaf had a lot more going on you yeah. know in his mind he was dealing with his his uh loss um anxiety and depression and he had the I think it was the nonprofit, right it was yeah the, he, um, his rugby non-pro- team. yeah and his nonprofit was helping kids process emotions and teach boys that it's okay to have feelings through playing mm-hmm. rugby which I still don't quite understand how he did that but that was his thing and yeah. that was literally like the cutest thing upon this earth yes if so that doesn't make someone want to have a family I don't know what will <laughs> you know what I liked not one of in these books I mean I didn't finish Eve Brown but none of the girls were like oh so how do you feel about kids like it just wasn't even like I mean obviously yeah it just wasn't even a discussion which was just so refreshing yeah yeah it was focused on what they had right then they weren't trying to fast forward yeah through the whole thing um I did I did like that and also they don't all go into like we're getting married immediately either mm-hmm. um Except so that's a nice thing um yeah with the <laughs> and I'm I don't want to ruin this for you but I'll just say that um uh even though do do all do both of them have an epilogue I can't remember they do um, I do remember um I think in Danny Brown they say Eve is talking about being the wedding planner for uh Chloe and Red's wedding Oh, okay. Okay. So that, so yeah, there was, okay. So there's an epilogue in each one. So Eve Brown, there's an extra epilogue for that, oh. um, on, on Talia's website, Oh. uh, from what I saw. Cause when I bought the book, I got an email <laughs> uh, that was saying that side note friends, I think you should subscribe to Talia Hibbert's website. If you like these books, because she sends really funny emails. Um, and we were pen pals for like two seconds there and it was amazing. She wrote you back. <laughs> yeah, I was shocked. I was really shocked. Yeah, I, I was, all I did was write it. So she sends out an email basically saying, 
hi everyone we're pen pals now don't fight it you know stuff like that Mm -hmm. in, in the email it was pretty funny and typical of her writing and so I decided to write back to thank her for her books and, and talk about how, how much I related to them. Um, and I introduced myself and I, you know, I told her I'm a librarian and everything and, and what made these books relatable for me. She wrote back and said that I sounded just like one of her heroines, her book heroines. Yeah, I, I was shocked. I can't remember the rest of the, the things she said because I was kind of just like, my face was probably beat red at that moment as I was reading it. But I... Uh, yeah, I was super excited about it. And then I offered to send her cat pics. <laughs> did you send her any cat pics? Oh, yes, I did. Yes, she, she enjoyed them. <laughs> That's amazing. Um, when this yeah. when this episode goes up, I'm going to email her. But yeah, also now awesome. that I think that I'm breaking out in a cold sweat, because my worst fear <laughs> is doing one of these and having like the author wa- like listen to it and being like, wow, this person missed the point of my books and I hate them. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I was really nervous about that. And then she started following me on Instagram after that. You're actually a really great I- Instagram follower. Side note, um, you guys should follow Gabby on Instagram at the bookish yes. underscore Afro Latina. Yes, it, I can't believe she I almost screenshotted it and put it like on the <laughs> and like posted it but I thought it'd be kind of weird you know uh to for her following me to see me say she's following you know she would immediately unfollow I don't know um I'm sure she'd be cool about it (laughs) so yeah I I I did think that was funny but I I want to add uh before I forget that um there was this talk where uh I don't I don't remember where she said this but she was talking about how before starting writing you know before she became an author she was actually working at like McDonald's. She didn't really know what she was going to be doing with her life. She felt often like Eve, you know, she could do a lot of things, but didn't really want to. (laughs) So I thought that was pretty cool to hear from somebody, you know, like I used to be working that window and here I am writing this book, you know, uh, or selling the the third book in in a trilogy or something that's pretty cool to hear someone say that and she's so young how old is she um I think is she 24 or is she I think she's she's in her 20s she's in her 20s for sure or was she 28 she I know that she was close possibly close to my age I'm almost 30 I am too I'm 29 okay Okay, she was born oh, she- 90, 95 or 96, so she's 25 or 26. Oh my god. Right? That's but, wild. So I, and she's gotten a lot a lot of work done. Her other books are just as good as these. Yeah, Chloe Brown I think was her first traditionally published book and everything before that was um was self-published. Yeah, she um so I recently read what was this book? So so I did a promo for her book called The Roommate Risk. Originally it was called Wanna Bet and then the title changed recently and I think that she published it through Avon Romance. So uh, that was the new published version. It's on sale usually. I read that one and the storyline is even more deep than these three books. The main character has a, a dark past, but the story revolves around a couple of friends who have been friends for a really long time and have always kind of wondered if there was something there, but keep going like, no, don't ruin this. 
you know, <laughs> and then they get stuck as roommates for a while when her apartment floods, I think. Um, so that's the premise of that book. But I will say so far, everything I've read by Hibbert has been top notch for sure. Five stars. <laughs> I'm definitely going to go back everywhere. <laughs> and read more of her stuff. Mm. I still need to get the other, um, read the other ones, but um, as far as I can tell, she always has diverse, diverse casts and the characters are full people. It feels like they, the character arcs are just amazing for, for, like you said, in a short book to have that kind of character arc for more than one person is kind of shocking. They're well-rounded too. I I love that about them. I just can't get over. (laughs) (laughs) I can't get over how well all these characters are written. Like, I could never do this. Never in a million years. I can imagine myself doing it. (laughs) In my mind's eye, I see myself (laughs) writing a historical fiction with this level of character development and heart and cleverness. But I don't know if it would just sound like me. (laughs) Well, that probably wouldn't be a bad thing. Yeah, yeah, I guess. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But I think that she manages to drum up full people for each of these to the point where you can see the distinctions between every character there's it's not like there's no like repeats you know in each of the men in these books and in each of the women they have things in common but they're not the same at all yeah I was Uh, thinking that too like everybody's really different like I think the two most similar are definitely Red and Zaf but they're just yeah different and I it was just really good <laughs> to yeah, put it bluntly yeah. yep uh, I the only thing that's the same in each of these books is that there's one person who's a grumpy and one person who's like a sweetie pie who opens everything up mm-hmm. um you know I mean technically in Danny Brown they're both a couple of grumpies but <laughs> but on the inside they're soft <laughs> mm-hmm. and I don't even know if grumpy is like the right word it's just like guarded yes yeah like like go away let me live my like guarded life in Mm -hmm. kind of happiness intolerant like intolerance of life Mm -hmm. yeah I'm I'm safe right now Mm -hmm. just leave it be yeah I I thought that that was great and I think that that's one of my favorite romance tropes though is is having somebody who is guarded but who opens up little by little without even realizing they're doing it yeah I think that's my favorite Yep. Uh, and um, but yeah, like I said, these books um, are the first time where I read something that felt like me. It felt like our relationship. And also that a lot of them are interracial mm-hmm. or all of these three are interracial romances. Um, my boyfriend is white. I'm black, Afro-Latina, obviously. Um, and so he I can see him in each of these characters a little bit. And it's really nice to ha- to be able to uh, see my romance in a book. And I know that that's not really like a new thing for so many people, but it's new for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm sure it's new for a lot of other folks who are in interracial couples or marriages to see a healthy relationship uh, that's similar to theirs on in a book. The other times that I've read interracial romances were in, like I said, Alyssa Cole's books, and those were historical romances. And I don't really see us as a couple that met each other during the Civil War as spies, you know, so. (laughs) And I like how all these relationships, like the interracial part, there is subtext of it, but it's Mm. not like the main focus. 
Yeah. They like, make think, jokes about it. They do. Yeah. Like, like how people would normally do it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, Danny even said, she made a joke to Zaf when she brought him some coffee and, and she was like, just how you like it. Uh, what did she say? Black and hot or something like that. And I was like, oh God, she went there. Um, but it was, I thought it was funny because usually people would be so weird about um, making a joke like that. <laughs> but when it comes out of her mouth, it's like, of course she would say that. Mm-hmm. Of course. Like you can just, these people are structured in a way that like, you just, it's just, of course they would, yeah, like exactly what you it said. It just sounds like them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Their, their voices are so uh, fleshed out that it just sounds like them. What would you say is your favorite of the three, if you have one? Ooh. I think I'm going to go with Eve Brown. Eve Brown? Is my favorite one because it surprised me the most I'm with how go it was going to play out. I think my favorite is Chloe Brown. Um, mm. Just because I just fell in love with Chloe so much. And I just, I feel like Chloe is a legitimate friend that, I would have and actually reminds me of one of my really good friends she's just someone that I feel very connected to and I feel like if we were best friends which in my mind we are like we would hang out at either her house or my house and we would sit around and watch movies and make baked goods together and when we were both feeling up for it we would be like oh let's try going out to a bar which we would do and sit there for 15 minutes and realize how much we hate doing that and then go home and do more watching tv and eating big goods again and that would be our friendship and it would be great and red could come sometimes yeah i guess he's okay (laughs) he's fine no i really like um i do want to add i forgot to say this earlier I love uh, the bisexual representation and take a hint, Danny Brown. Mm-hmm. Um, Danny wasn't previously in a relationship or, well, she wasn't in a relationship in her mind with this woman, but <laughs> that woman was in love with her and her own pain made it hard for her to, uh, for Danny to accept this person's love. Um, mm-hmm. It's nice to see that representation in romance and we're getting more of that now. So I'm very happy about and it. And Gigi is pansexual, which I love. Yes, can we get a Gigi series? That's yes. all I ever wanted. I want a Gigi like story from like her leaving home with her son to like becoming like a famous star. And the, uh, her love life series would be amazing. Yes. But I do know that Talia's next series coming up is a takeoff from Eve Brown. There's a character in there, Mont. Yes. Yeah. So the, the, uh, the takeoff series coming out will be um, based on Mont and I think his sisters. Oh. Um, so that's going to be fun. That is going to be fun. Another what? three books, maybe? Yeah. <laughs> I would also love, I want like a fourth Brown sister book of, from all three of their perspectives, but having Chloe and Red's wedding. Oh, that would be, be, that so would be really cute. cute. I'd love that. Would that would be really cute. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> yes to all of it. Just keep writing books, Talia. <laughs> yeah. If you're listening to this, you probably won't. But hi, <laughs> if you are, would you like to come on this podcast? Please. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, Gabby, thank you so much for coming on this podcast and talking to me and introducing me to these books. They're my new favorite. How can people find you online? Yes, uh, you're welcome. Uh, you can find me on Instagram and TikTok as well as Facebook with the name at Bookish Afro Latina. 
There's an underscore between bookish and Afro-Latina. You can also find me at bookishafrolatina.com. You'll love the website. I have tons of book recommendations, but I also have sections where I provide resources aside from just books. And I have sections for uh, recommendations divided by what level of reader you are. So beginner, intermediate, advanced, if that's what you need for the topic. Awesome. Thank you so much. And thank you, listeners. We really encourage you to read the Brown Sister series by Talia Hibbert, starting with Get a Life, Chloe Brown. 